So I just want to um, start by saying thanks for listening. Um, hopefully this helps. When I decided to start to do this, I, I wanted to do it for for Leah. I want to tell Leah's story. And, uh, and that's still what it's ultimately for. It's still to tell Leah's story. Um, and, and how she impacted more people than just us, um, and just me and, and, and just Nick and the kids and, and her grandparents, but she impacted nurses and doctors and, um, just, I mean, the hospital staff and, uh, the, the, the hospice nurses and, and the mental health people that came by and just everybody. Um, so yeah, that's why I want to do this. Like I said, I want to tell Leah's story. But, but in the process here, it's been some of the feedback I've got. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody listening to this at all that doesn't know me, but I've got feedback from people that, that do know me that have said, you know, one, that it's been helpful to them to, um, you know, process through some things that they've been harboring for a lot of years um, with some of their own losses. And, um, and there's been people that have brought up that it's helped them try to understand where we're at and for how to try to talk to us. Um, and, and to know that what their feeling is not wrong either. Um, and then at the same point, there's, there's been some people that have asked whether we thought at some point maybe we would, um, talk with some people on this or, or take a call per se or, do an interview or, or whatever. And, and, it, and I don't want it to sound like that. I, I really don't. Like, I'm not, I can't stress this enough. Like, I don't sit around all week and try to think about content. Um, <laughs> Leah is not content. I wish I never had to do this. I wish I never, or not, I don't have to do it, but I wish I never felt the need to do it, that I that I need somebody to talk to, even if it's just the ethos. Um, I'll probably sit with somebody at some point and talk, but I'm not there yet. I'm <laughs> fucking pissed. I'm angry. Um, the last two weeks have been awful. Um, I've been angry. I've been mean to my wife. I've been mean to number four. I've been short with one, two, three, and four. I've been a jerk to the dog. I've just been an asshole to anybody that's around me that actually cares about me. Of course, I'm nice to co-workers or employees or I'm nice to customers and stuff because they don't know nothing. They're just people. Um, I mean, my, my guys and I are close, but they don't really understand what's going on and I'm glad they don't. But um, I've been taking a lot of shit out on people that I shouldn't be taking a lot of shit out on and I'm, and I'm sorry and I, I feel like an ass. Um, but I'm trying to work through it. Um, so, so where we're at tonight is, like I said, I've been trying to keep this as real as possible. And I talked about the fact that I haven't talked to anybody. Um, I really haven't talked to anybody. I've talked to my mother-in-law on the phone more in the last three months than probably in the last three years. Um, and I've talked to my aunt, um, once for a decent amount of time and once just short. And, but that's been like a month. I haven't talked to her again. But I have not spoke to um, anyone else in our life that actually matters. Um, I have not spoke to my brothers. Um, I haven't spoke to my friends. I haven't spoke to my sisters. Um, 
I haven't spoke to my other aunt. Um, there are other people out there that really do mean a lot to us, and I just haven't been able to speak to any of them. But one of the people that asked us if we were going to maybe talk to somebody happens to be Leah's godparents, um, godmother specifically. So I decided that I would ask them if they were interested in recording our first conversation. Um, because I, today would be Leah's three month, it's not a birthday, she was born three months ago today. And um, so I haven't talked to these people in 70 days, people that I care about more than words. Um, but I'm going to try to talk to them tonight. And I don't know if the conversation's all going to be about Leah or if it's going to be about the weather and beer. I really don't. But um, I am going to, like I said, I'm not going to edit anything, but I am going to stop this for just a second to get the um, phone set up. And then I'll link it back in and we'll we'll see what we get. So I, I just want other people, like I said, if this happens to help anybody, great. But I want people to know that you can you will be able to make that call again. You will be able to talk to people that matter to you again. Um, I hope parts of the conversation tonight are the same. I hope they're seamless and effortless, but I know there's going to be lots of parts of it that aren't. Um, but I want these people in my life and I know they want us in theirs. And the only way to do that is to start talking. Um, Right now we have COVID in 2,000 miles between us, um, so that's uh, that's helping not having to talk. <laughs> but um, anyways, without um, rambling on too much more, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this and try to get my phone going. I can hear you. Um, you guys will unfortunately probably have to talk a little louder tonight for the mic to pick you up. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm not a podcast mic expert. That's more of a that's more your brother-in-law's job. So, um, but let me <laughs> try not to have this be awkward or weird. But I I want you guys to know that um, it's uh, it's good to hear your voice. Um, How are you going to do this? We're fine with it. Any type of angle or anywhere you want to go, we're uh, open for whatever. We're here for you. And uh, you can take this for what you want. You can keep it raw. You can edit it. You can do what you want. We're not going to listen to the gig and this part of it. Just know that you have free reign over this. Well, I'm going to try to not, not edit. Obviously, I, I appreciate you guys waiting. I was trying to get, I talked for five or six minutes at the beginning before I hit record. Um, you know, we haven't, we haven't talked. We haven't talked in um, 71 days. Um, and I know that because Leah had been three months old today. So I know it's been 71 days. Um I, it's been longer for Ryan, I believe. I don't. I think I delivered the message to him, and I don't think he's ever 
talked to him, but I was going to say that the last time I talked to you was about 3.30 our time on that day. I was in my garage, uh, messing with the stupid garage door opener when you have to call. And <laughs> if there was a wall there, I would have slid down. You know? Yeah, I, um... I think about that we, you know, we've been trying to Zoom with all this COVID shit. And um, it'd been a little while since we Zoomed between trying to, you know, we were we were really running hard trying to keep work going and trying to finish because I, I had a due date. I had a deadline. And, um, and it'd been a little while since we Zoomed, but we, we'd, at, we'd Zoomed that Sunday. You know, we were on for like four hours. Um, I just. What's that? So like I don't know. I. So like. Yeah. So we talked right before on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, it was that weekend. I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, but you know, between trying to line my schedule up and and your, um, your guys' weird schedule, and then and then with the boy trying to. I don't want to say his name. I, I mean, I, I love him to death, but I'll keep him out of this. Um, but um, with, with him being a wild man, <laughs> and um, and uh, my my favorite little thing to see on TV, it was uh, it was hard to try to get lined up. And um, but yeah, it was like I said, it was either that Saturday or Sunday, and I just don't, you know, in some ways it. Some ways it feels like 70 days. Some days, some ways it feels like it was a week because we are that close. Or I like to think we are. Um, some ways it feels like it was about 700 years. Um, You're not kidding. I, I know for myself, it feels just so long ago. I tried to I tried to call you so many times. Um, I mean I mean I, I I don't I don't fight it. Fight it's not the right word. But um, I've had both your numbers keyed up more than once. And just yesterday, I, I sat in the truck yesterday for like an hour and a half, just staring at my phone, and just, I just couldn't press send. I just couldn't do it. He, Like I told you before, when I texted you, like, you know, well, you were here forever, there's no time thing, there was no, you don't expect anything out of you, and it's, it's, no, I know, I, we, we, we know that, you know, we, we know there's no rush, and there's no expectation, and when you, and when you say it could be 10 years, I know you mean that. But neither one of us have any <laughs> any want for there to be 10 years of separation or a year of separation or 10 more weeks of separation. None of us want that. Um, I told you when the boy was born that I wasn't going to watch him grow up in pictures. And um, it's been 15 months between... Um, between COVID and, and then Nick being pregnant and not wanting to fly. And then we were doing all the traveling beforehand. And, and then obviously the last 70 days, 
Um, all of a sudden, it's been 15 months. I mean, I've missed, missed two Christmases, <laughs> missed a birthday, um, two winters of sledding, a summer playing outside. I mean, I don't know. It's not fair. I, I will say the only thing that, like, we feel selfish about is, like, grow needs you, you know. I know. <laughs> we, we, we know. You guys haven't seen the new house, but the I have a couple stands in my office that have pictures on them, and the whole left stand is the, is the stand of row. <laughs> um, Every time I'm sitting here typing stuff, I over my left shoulder, there he is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we we I mean, we miss you guys terribly. It's um, Nick's not in here, obviously tonight. I think you knew that. Um, I've been trying to tell her for two days that I wanted to have this call, <laughs> and I didn't manage to tell her till seven, so I kind of sprung it on her. But it, it wouldn't have mattered. I could have told her last week, and she wouldn't be in here. Um, it's kind of a relief because I don't know. <laughs> I, like I don't, her and I can't do that. No, you're, you're not there yet. No, and oh. that was like another thing I wanted to mention is like don't. I just I was worried that you would. I know you wouldn't, but I also didn't want you to mistake my. Compartmentalization <laughs> for coldness, you know what I mean? Because like I can make myself numb when I need to. Yeah, I, I I think that's a female trait. Um, we don't we don't do that so well. Um, guys, it's either nothing or it comes out in a ball. Um, but yeah, you you guys all have these compartments that you can talk stuff into and deal with at a later date and it well, scares me. Ryan and I have the luxury that neither of you guys have, which is and also a loss, that you didn't get to like smell her or touch her or hold her or see her, you know, in real life. So in some ways it makes it like you know don't know. Like we don't have things around us every day that are like constant reminders of this person that we use. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. Nick, Nick Nick refers to it as my Leah, and it's 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 because we, we you're right, and you're and you're not the only one. It, it's everyone, everyone except for us six. Um, nobody else was with her nobody else held her um that is how little she was um nobody else smelled her nobody else got to memorize her face um you're absolutely right um and i i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to try to call you guys and video call you when we were still in the hospital um, I did with my mother-in-law. I was able to, we called her and I put a, 
um, little speaker down by Leah's ear so that her and grandpa could just talk to her. And I, I wanted to call you guys, but I couldn't to be able to do it. I had to hold the phone and not stare at them talking to her, but a little bit to make sure that the camera was in the right place. You know, it's not like I have suction cups and iPhone mounts and all that stuff sitting in a, in a NICU. And, um, I just, after we got done talking with them, I couldn't do it. Um, and I, I don't feel guilty. That's not the right word, but I'm, you know, you guys deserve to meet her instead of just say goodbye. Um, so yeah. It, it would have, I think that has actually, like, in some way felt, like, been a saving grace, because if that, if that's just, that would have just been, I feel like, another level of pain to add to it, you know? I don't, I don't know. You kind of have a sense of evaluation on that. Yeah, I mean, I said, I mean, I know you guys would never harbor any ill will and, and wish that we had or, or, I sh or I sh he should have called us. Like, I know that. Um, and I'm I'm glad you guys don't I'm, I'm glad you don't have to go through it. I really am. Um, but but also sorry that you didn't get the chance, I guess. I don't There's no right way to word it. Um, there's just, there's just, there's no right way to word a lot of this shit. Um, you kind of protected us that day. Yeah. You know, and that was a point of that, We, we, you know, we, we knew, like, we didn't want to admit it. Like, obviously, you know, you're trying to send happy texts, like, oh, she's, She's breathing over the vent, and she's peeing, and she's pooping, and and she's moving her feet, or sure she moves her feet when you touch her feet. But but we knew, you know, like I refused to know, and I don't know if you knew that or not, but until you called me, I refused to. I don't know. You said it. That just you said in a text that I'm not. I won't believe it till I have to. Um, I mean, we don't get me wrong. We were su we were being as hopeful as we could be. I was I was asking for things from people that I haven't asked for anything for in a long freaking time. Um, I had a couple loud conversations outside. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I subconsciously, like we, you know, we, we knew, um, grandpa knew, paramedic, he knew, um, just certain things that you can recover from and there's certain things you can't. And, um, when did we know? When did we know? No. When they hooked the EEG up and there was nothing. Um, 
me hook up 12 they hook up 12 leads on an EEG and the only two that were like they're color coded and they're just labeled on the screen with with the first letter of the color um, and the only two that were showing anything were the two that were down at the base of her neck above her shoulders the other 10 weren't they weren't flatlined but they were just like waves there was no no spikes no no real movement and when, and especially when like you change your diaper or they would um move her to um put on socks or put her fix her hat and just there was never there's nothing there's no spikes no nothing i mean i i knew we were in trouble when i saw the ultrasound um that morning at like at like nine she was born at like you know 12 45 or keep saying 12 yeah 12 45 and they did the ultrasound like at like 9, 9.30. And you knew at 9.30 there was something wrong. Um, you can see it. You can see her. She was, I don't even know if I've said this to anybody out loud. Um, I'm not a doctor, obviously, so I can only explain it how I can explain it. But when you, if you've ever seen anybody in a hospice, they take these, big huge breaths yeah. they draw into the diaphragm like these big huge huge breaths and on the ultrasound that's what she was doing like every 20 seconds she would take this huge deep breath that just looked like it hurt um so you know you're in trouble you don't know what but you know you're in trouble there's something wrong something major wrong that just hadn't been picked up anywhere like if it was a, a malformation like it hadn't been seen and we were because of our age like we were getting scanned twice a week since 28 weeks like there was no there hadn't been anything so for there all of a sudden to be this change like you know it's not good you know you don't know exactly what it is but you know it's not good and then and then I had asked them well I told them I said well you guys are talking maybe doing a c-section I don't have anything like we came up here last night with what we're wearing like we thought we were we thought we were being crazy um uh, neurotic I parents thought being, I thought you were being crazy and I was like nope yep. just, you know unless they're just being normal parents like yep. you know you're just going and it's this dramatic thing and everything will be fine and never in a million years would this be what it was ever even yeah. when you said something's not right I was like oh whatever's not right will be like dealable like we'll deal with this like yeah. maybe she has some kind of disability or something it'll be fine it'll be fine like, whatever you're thinking like never did it ever there was never a possibility that she was going to go. Yeah, we, I said we were, I, I'd asked them, I said, like, I don't have anything. Like, should I go get my bag? Should I go get our, our go bag? Like, we're, we're not packed. Like, we were going to pack that weekend. And um, they said, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen yet, but we're definitely going to stay admitted. If you think you should get a bag, maybe you should just go home. So I left at like 1030, 11, and I ran home quick and I grabbed I, I grabbed just random stuff. Like, I didn't know what Nick wanted. Um, I'm a guy. I didn't even grab my own stuff. And I, I like I thought, you know what, I better grab the car seat just in case. Like, I, I don't think she's coming yet, but, you know, who knows? Let's just get it. And I was on my way back, and I was on the phone with my aunt and was just trying to fill her in 
because um, not everybody was getting the texts. And I was just trying to fill her in. And Nick called and goes, where are you at? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I was like two miles away. And I'm like, well, I'm almost there. And she's like, well, they're, they're going to take me back. I'm like, what do you mean they're going to take you back? For a scan? No, they're going to do a C-section right now. What do you mean? Like, you know, so you just immediately start flying to get up there. And, I mean, they'd already transferred her beds when I came into the room. I, I changed into that scrub stuff in the hallway. Um, and then And then she was born, and she cried one time like a quarter cry, not a half cry. Like she started to cry, and you got just that little squawk, and she stopped. And he just, he just know. Um, and then they take her over to the warmer and they're talking, the nurses are talking and they're, nobody's being loud. They're all talking amongst themselves, four or five of them talking amongst themselves. So you, you and they're like discussing what to do. And, and I'm still standing by Nick and it all happened so fast. They didn't even have the drugs all the way on. I mean, they were on board, but not enough. And they started to try to finish the C-section. And all of a sudden, Nick is screaming at the top of her lungs. And she passed out. Um, <laughs> and anybody that knows her, her pain tolerance is crazy. Um, she just, like, just boop and passed out. And and then they tell me they're going to take lead of the NICU. And... I look back and the doctors literally have her guts in their hands and she's out cold on the table and I leave the room to go with Leah and I don't know if Nick's okay on the table. <laughs> and then it's like three in the afternoon and we're down in the NICU and she's got a vent on and they're doing this and doing that and trying to clean her up and I don't. I'm trying to get information about Nick and nobody knows nothing because hospitals suck anyways. And then, and then you top off COVID and not transferring unit to unit and there's like no communication. And, and then they come in and, and then I see him wheel her in and they wheel her in and she don't remember coming in, but they wheel her in at like three in the, in the gurney before they get her room. And I mean, I, I, I thought Nick was okay, but like I didn't even know until that moment whether Nick was okay. Um, but I, but I knew Leah, knew Leah wasn't, you know, like my, I got, I got more girls in my life, but the two girls that were there were both not okay. And, um, as a, as a dad and a husband, it's pretty fucking debilitating. Um, and then, and then they, they took Nick down to a room and I just stayed with Leah. I just stood there by her. I mean, I was touching her with my right hand and texting people with my left, trying to text people when I could or send pictures. I was trying to take every picture I could and, and, um, and trying to keep people informed because there's people that, that care. There's people, you guys cared and, and mother-in-law cared and brother cared and people cared and they wanted to know and they were trying to, pray or be spiritual or go meditate or whatever. And, and I, I wasn't even remotely okay until Nick came down at about eight 30. So seven and seven hours and 45 minutes after 
having a C-section at 42 years old, passing out on the table, and got out of the wheelchair and come and stood next to Leah. And um, I sat down. Um, it was the first time I'd sat down since I got out of my truck eight hours ago. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when you asked me when I knew, um, I think in my mind, like I said, I knew I knew when we saw the ultrasound, but they put the EEG on at about five in the afternoon, and I I knew. Um, I mean, I've seen enough TV. Now, like I said, not a doctor, but I've seen TV, and like I, I'm Googling what a normal EEGs look like, and and you know, you show you a normal one, and you like you pull up a hundred Google images, and every one of them are just like crazy lines all over the place, like somebody's taking a lie detector, like it's just lines everywhere. And Leah had ten of them that were just like rolling waves, like so you, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess that answers that question. I mean, I went straight right into denial mode when you guys were like, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, and all these things kept piling up, and I was just thinking like, you know, okay, premature baby, like, not super, super premature. Whatever it is, we'll get through it. Something's going to magically happen. This is just a blip. Like, it'll be okay. And then you guys took her off of, you know, all supportive things. And one day goes by. And then two days go by. And, and I'm like, yup, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Like, something is going to happen where she's going to just defy the odds, and then one day this is going to all work itself out. I kept, I kept, um, I kept touching her mouth every once in a while. I would touch her mouth because the one, she, she didn't suckle. She never suckled. Um, she had, she didn't really ever open her eyes, but she opened them a little bit. But like I said, a lot of that was, um, you lie to yourself. She's looking at me. Or, or you play with her feet and your feet curl up. Oh, her feet curl up. Or you, you open her hand and you feel her hand squeeze and you lie to yourself. But I, the one thing she hadn't done was suckle. And I did the same thing. I kept, I had a really hard day Wednesday. Um, I was afraid that we had did it too fast. That we had, hadn't given her a chance. And... Um. And I had a really, really hard day with it on Wednesday. And then, you know, like I said, Nick was the one that assured me, one, being her mom, and, and two, being in the medical field, she assured me that this is, we're not wrong. This is where we're at. There's no, there's no path forward. It's only backwards and worse. Um, but I did, I kept, I said when you know when they when they came in to tell us on Saturday night that they're just that there was no they, they called it a global ischemic 
I don't know, there are two more words, but a stroke essentially, that there was just a complete cutoff, global ischemic. Um, I, we, we talked about it, of course, like it wasn't just like, I didn't just say do this, but I, I made every decision or I feel like I did. Like and Nick tells me I didn't, but I feel like I did. And I, I blame myself for a while. Um, I'm not so sure that I don't still blame myself. Um, I, I, I blame myself for a lot of it. And the, the, the biggest thing I blame myself was that the reason that it took 17 years was I was the one that made the decision 17 years ago. Um, that if we did this 15 years ago, it wouldn't have happened. But Nick's the one that's been strong with this and reminds me that if it had been 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been Leah. <laughs> and, um, and that we wouldn't give back the seven days. We wouldn't give them back for anything. Um, yeah, I had... I said it when you when you just said like you kept thinking like it was gonna change and like no it's been another day it's been another hour it's it's been a week like you you keep thinking it's like oh it's maybe it's, there's a miracle it's coming and like I said I kept I kept touching her mouth to see if if she would suckle like I don't know what I did if she did suckle I think everybody in town would heard um but it didn't didn't happen. Rachel was kind of in denial about what was going on. I was like, you know, I was trying to look at it as positively as I could. And I, I, mean, I knew, you know, from research and stuff like that, what the outcome was going to be. And one thing that I'm not really worried about, I'm really worried about your other kids. You know, and, and you know, I, Go ahead, you know, Rachel, kind of, you know, excellent on the form. Selfish thing too is, 
I kind of was like, okay, this is going to happen. How are they going to react to this? And how, how is that going to affect you guys? And that was something that, like, that kept me up a lot. And I'm glad that I haven't heard it. You know, there's nothing negative coming out of it that, you know, I've heard of since. So I guess I'm a little bit more uh, at ease about that at, at this point. No, you, it's a, it's a fair question. I, um, when the, uh, when the hospice nurse, um, they, they came by on Monday right after we got home and they, they bring a, um, I don't want to call her a therapist, a, a behavioral health, mental health person comes with them. So there's two of them there. And I told them the same thing. Like, I'm so afraid of, of this fucking us up so bad that it fucks the other four up. And, and that I'm afraid that they're going to be hard because they're not, they're not hard kids. They're, they're steeled in life. They're, they're prepared for life as best that we can possibly do. But they're not, they're not hard. They're good people. They're caring people. They're, um, I was, I was most worried about two and four. Because they are the ones that internalize it. Um, yeah. One, I don't worry about one. She, I guess I said this earlier that she she thinks she's weak sometimes, and <laughs> that one that one ain't weak. That one ain't been weak in a long time. Um, yeah. And uh, and same deal with three, three, three. He keeps stuff close to the vest usually. But um, he's um he's pretty cocksure. He knows who he is. Um, and if you don't, I've said it for a long time that my my one of my favorite thing and my least favorite thing about him is that he don't give a fuck. Um, he don't care if you like him. He don't care. Um, anybody also don't care if you love him. He is who he is. Um, but yeah, it was it was two and four. Um really two more than four because um, he's always just been the one that has just been the protector when I couldn't be. Um, until I said earlier that I called him the hammer and that's, he's the hammer when he's needed. Um, the kid has a moral compass that just bends the needle north. Um, and I was and I was worried about four, but I was mostly worried about him because he, being the youngest, he's been shielded from the most of it. Yeah. Um, he's only known good times for the most part. Like he doesn't, he doesn't remember my mom dying. He he remembers Bob passing, but not like the rest of them. And and he's only known us when we've been financially sound. He's only known us when we've been employed or employment sound. He doesn't, he doesn't want for anything. Um, but he's done, he's done remarkably well. And, um, he's a little bit angry. I think he's, he's harder than he was, but he's not nearly as hard as I was afraid he'd be. And, um, and two's getting there. He's really, He's still fighting it. Um, it's not that he doesn't have anybody to talk to because he does, but he's he never talks to anybody. 
So to have to all of a sudden talk to anybody or have the need or want to talk to somebody, he's kind of freaked a couple people out when he's tried to talk about it. Um, I mean, well, let's be honest. His, his friends are 21 and 22. You know, they're, they're wet behind the years. They've never had anything real in their life, or most of them haven't, thank God. Um, but um, the hammer will be fine. He'll, um, he'll get through. Um, I keep telling you, when we get together, I don't know when the hell it's going to be. I hope soon. Um, they've all changed a little bit, but, but three, <laughs> you're going to see the three we used to see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was one of the things, you know, for how much stuff you guys, for how much stuff you guys went through in your lives, like, you guys have done such a great job with those kids you know, shielded them from a lot of stuff that could have caused a lot more problems in their lives, you know, and this was something that was definitely in their face and, you know, very, you know, there, there's no denying it. And to hear you kind of, you know, tell me, you know, telling us about what's going on with them really has kind of eased my mind a lot. Yeah, I mean, we were, don't get me wrong, we were scared. Um, because everything they've been through, I mean, they, they've seen it and, and, and they, they know more about what went on than, than we think they knew or thought they knew. Like their kids are perceptive, but, um, they don't ever remember us being weak. This was definitely the only time that they've ever seen their parents weak and, and not, not weak, like upset or crying or frustrated with work or, or or damn it, I need groceries or whatever. Just but like on the floor, non-functioning, weak, um, and not just their mom. I know for the boys specifically, it had to have been hard to see me, um, and that is why I started to try to do this. Was I, I said this is just for Leah, and I want to tell Leah's story, but it's it's um. I want them to know that it's okay to not to not have to be like you can, you know. Like I, there's so many like guys are have this expectation that we have to be strong all the time and we have to be the man of the house and it's it's such an unfair burden and um and I mean I like it most of the time. Don't get me wrong. I like being the provider. I like being the man. I, I enjoy being good at what I do. I enjoy being somebody that people like or look up to. But when you can't, what the fuck do you do? And I wanted the boys to know that it's okay to not know. And um and same thing for one. You know, she's taking her own path. And I, I wanted her to know that that like if if I can't do it and then I figure out how to do it, that she can certainly figure out how to deal with things that she has to deal with. And she's she's dealing with subjects that I don't ever have to deal with. And thank God, I don't want to ever want to deal with them. Um, I'm, an, I'm an ally, not a participant. Um, yeah. 
but but no, the kids are they're gonna be okay, man. They're uh, I know I know you told Rach when you guys started dating that you already had four kids and probably freaked her out. <laughs> um, you're uh, you you weren't their godparents on paper, but if the mother-in-law hadn't been able to do it, that you you'd have certainly been their dad, and I never had any worry about it. And and I told you when you guys had the boy that. I wasn't worried about your dad's skills. You just been waiting forty years to be one, officially. Um, I do appreciate that, John. Love you, man. Always have. Hug him too. <laughs> man, man, we've been family since preschool. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even remember meeting you. <laughs> You were just a skinny Mexican kid who lived across the street. <laughs> no. You're like, eat, drink, eat some, drink some more milk, man. You're so skinny, you're going to brittle. Yeah, we used to pick on you about drinking milk. You make me drink milk. I know. That was the point. Oh. Oh, and then you. I got picked up, but we didn't see until later on. I hope that. You know, when we see the kids again, that, like, they're just as excited to see us as we're going to be to see them. And that, like, they don't have to do any of the, you know, the stuff where you're, like, I don't want to say too cool, but, like, you know, kids their age feel weird about being outwardly emotional to people. And, like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable either, but it's, like, I want to see them, and I feel like I exist, myself in particular, in this weird space with them where I don't really know how to, how to be, because I never knew them as children, and I'm a little bit younger than you and Ryan to where it's like, I'm not really old enough to be their mom, but I'm not quite like, you know, sibling age, and... You know, it's like that. I kind of want to hang out with you, be cool, but oh yeah, I'm too old for that. But I don't want to be like freaking weirdo, like you know. Yeah, well, I can. I'll speak for them on this one. They, like, you know, when you're younger and your parents are gonna have card night or whatever, you're like, oh, mom and dad's friends are coming over. Ugh, I'm gonna yeah. hide in the basement. They don't exactly. think. They they don't think of you two as mom and dad's friends. Um, they. You three are family. Um, that's for that's for everybody. They've been that when when, they, when we talk about going back to Michigan and, and seeing everybody, we we're we're talking about going to see the, the, them specifically. You're talking about going to see seven people. They're not talking about going to you know just just see. Yeah, I don't want to say their names, but you know. Um, yeah, I know. They're, um, we're, we're going to see seven, you know, and when we were able to come back there for the boys first birthday and, and three and four were just excited to come. They were, Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah we're going back for his birthday. That'll be awesome. That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it was hard to keep something from you, man, but, um, I did my best until we got to the airport. Um, yeah, uh, but, but no, I understand what you're saying, Rach, that you just, 
you know, you said it before. Like, I mean, I blame Ro- I blame Ryan. You know, you, it's, it, it's you. You didn't get brought into the fold till six months after we left, or two months after we left. That's his fault. Um, he's the one that pissed around for a decade. But I guess you just still been in middle school if it'd been a decade earlier. So. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. Uh, almost. So. Yeah, you guys had started dating in 97. Well, what you been in 97, middle school? <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we were already in college. We were a bunch of dirty old men. Um, but, no, I, I understand what you're saying. That it, Well, Nick and I felt the same way with you, like, when we were trying to, like, well, when you guys were getting, like, when you were getting married, like, we'd only seen, we really only met you once before that. Yeah. We'd seen you twice, but really only met you once. And we were both in rare form the only time you'd actually met us. And I'm sure you were thinking, are these the people Ryan talks about? Like, no, <laughs> no but, but no, but like, um, and so we were, well, we were trying to decide what to get you guys for your wedding. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it lands. I give it a shot. And, and when he called, he, he sent me a text after, because I guess when he brought it over, you were the only one home. And he sent me a text, and the text was all said it was home run. <laughs> so, um, because we, we had the same problem. Like, we didn't know you. You were, like, yeah. we, we've known Ryan forever. Ryan's family, they like say, like, we, preschool, middle school, joking around playing basketball, fell poshes in college, and, and, uh, I mean, in all the times at, at school, like, I mean, we were, you know, Ryan and I have been family and same, I mean, he's been, he spent more Fourth of July's Memorial Days and Labor Days and that kind of stuff in my house, and he did it his own family since Nick and I have been together and since we lived together in 97. But, yeah, and, yeah so, yeah. like, when, when you guys first got serious, it was like, you know, love it. You know, one of my very fondest memories is, um, <laughs> and, and you told me in retrospect, and you're like, I knew you were pregnant. Oh, I knew. I knew that night. I knew it. I knew it. I was in California, and you came just for us to, like, meet up and just, however briefly, just have dinner and be like, how's it going, you know? Well, yeah. I, we, I, I treasure that. <laughs> No, it's, I say like I, you know, I we live two thousand miles apart, and then, and then you're having a mini vacation seven hundred miles from us, and then I'm working six hundred and fifty miles from us, and all of a sudden you and I are fifty miles apart, and hell yeah, we're getting dinner. Like you gotta go, you gotta go to the airport. And it was good. Yeah, and it was good. A little little Italian place, like it was all romantic, Rose. You'd been happy. <laughs> Yeah, we walk in. They're like, there's like, it's there's like, it's all dimmed and white tablecloth, and there roses on the table. Like, oh, can I get you this bottle of wine? And I'm like, well, I gotta drive ten hours, but you gotta fly. You probably want some wine because you'd said to me before, and I don't drink that much, but I drink wine when I'm getting ready to fly. And I and I knew you're flying that night. Obviously, you're flying cross country, and you're like, no, I don't think I'm gonna drink. And 
I told Nick when I got home, I said, I said, you know how they say that women have that glow? They're going to call us. <laughs> it's coming. They're, they're definitely pregnant. Like, I, I think they know they're pregnant and they're not saying it. And that's fine. But they're definitely pregnant. <laughs> so, I knew. You, you, you told me two weeks later when you and I hooked up in Vegas. So. I gave him permission because we kept it under, as you know, hardcore reps. We kept it until we had the anatomy scan. So five months, man. Yep. That was hard. <laughs> uh, we, we made it about uh, three days before we told you. <laughs> so uh, I remember I was in shock. Yeah. That, I, if, I was thinking about that earlier. If you could have recorded that Zoom call, the, the, the difference in your facial expressions <laughs> is – about as polar opposite as they get. Rach was looked like a Cheshire cat about ready to jump through the screen, and you looked like you'd been shot. <laughs> so, um, you I, you are not speechless often, um, but you were that day. Nothing. So, I mean, I knew you. Were, I knew you were happy, but not happy. Yes, but like what? You're like trying to do the math. I could I could see the gear spinning. Yeah. I hear you that you bring this on me and do all this secretive behavior. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't know when and I didn't know how and I didn't know what, but I knew that there would be a day. There would be a day when you I just I knew it would come. Like it was ordained and so when the time finally came I was like yep yeah we we had that um, support group tonight and they asked two people to talk every week and we hadn't talked yet and we did tonight and that was one of the things I said on it was we were we were home you know, we were, we were so close. We were, we were 35 weeks and six days. We were home. Um, you know, like you're past the point of there being a problem. Um, we, we cleared every hurdle. There wasn't, we were just in the bliss of counting days. Like we, it just said like two days before, like, Hey, you know what? Next week, next week is the next month. And the next month we're having a baby. Like, like we were there. Um, Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I obviously I wouldn't give it back, but, um, but yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. Like just to, I guess I wouldn't give it back, but it had been, it had been, in some respects, it had been a lot. We'd, we'd already had whatever 17 times 12 is, um, 204 no's. 
So what would have been 205, 206? Like we'd already had all them no's. Every month you'd have a no. Um, and we got to the point where we just expected the no. Um, we'd, we'd stopped hoping about three years ago. Um, just it pretty much gave up on it. And not pretty much. Like we just, just like said, you just expected the no. We're like, well, man, it's that time again. Um, but yeah, to be, I mean, to be there, I mean, and, and, and absolutely viable. If, if they had at 35 weeks or 34 weeks, if they had noticed anything at the last scan, um, I mean, we'd have a scan on fucking Tuesday and this started Wednesday afternoon. Like if they'd seen a hint of anything the day before, it would, it would have changed nothing. You know, they would have been born and went to the NICU for 10 days and went out. That'd been it. Um, now the word the word cheated comes up a lot. Um, yeah, cheated. Um, babies don't die. They're not supposed to, anyways. Um, not that, and we we try to be very careful with it on the on the on the on the friends group that we're on. That you don't wanna you don't wanna make it seem like like they don't have it as bad because their kid was seventeen or their kid was twenty because they do. Because I have kids that are that age, and it was absolutely. I've had people tell me, I can't imagine, I can't imagine. I tell them don't. And every time we hear these people talk, I try to not imagine because it, it's fucking horrifying to think about. Um, yeah. But it's, I don't know, there ain't no but. Um, it just isn't, as I said, it's not fair. Like you're not supposed to bury people. Like you, you, you expect, when you're a kid growing up, like, you know it, you know at some point rationally, you know that you're going to bury your grandparents. Like, that's coming. It's like, it's just inevitable. You know what's going to happen. And and then as you get into your 40s and 50s and 60s, at some point, you like, you start thinking about the mortality of your parents. You know, obviously yeah. mine came much earlier. Um, but most people in general, like, by the time they get to our age, you start to see your parents decline and you know that, like, the writing's on the wall. Like, it's not going to be tomorrow, but... You know, like, I'm not going to have another 40 years, but maybe I'll get another 20. And you, and you know that, like, you rationally know that. But you're, you're scared for your kids all the time, of course. Like, we're all, we're, we're all neurotic, scaredy cats for our children at every turn because we're good parents. But, but you don't really think about it. Not really. Like, you're well, not. Well, I would have to say that Nick and I are both extra neurotic. And. And this would probably make Ryan uncomfortable, but like, yeah, in the past, like, it was like, I was always exploring every angle and thinking, like, what would it feel like if this happened? How would I cope through this if this happened? Like, in regards to road, like, I don't mean, like, what, prepping for, how do you get through that? You know, and my ultimate thought was always like, well, I would just die because 
Mm-hmm. That there's no reason. That's and, and that's that's why we said that that our truth is that the that the the only reason we're still here is those four. There's no doubt about it. Um, we would have both. We, we had more than enough narcotics in the house the first night. Not in legal narcotic, not not in our name, but. But because stuff that was sent home with Leah, uh, there was enough Ativan and morphine here to take out an elephant. Um, and if it just been the two of us, I think we both would have checked out on the fifth. Um, I don't, I don't doubt it at all. And and that's why we tried to say last time, like I don't think I'm suicidal, but I don't, I don't know that I think that is suicide. I. When, when you've when you've got one child and your one child dies, you just want to go be their mom or dad again. Um, and the only way to go be their mom or dad again is to go do that. I don't think it's suicide. It's not the right word. Um. Yeah, you know, Nick. Nick um Nick told somebody the other day that that um that death came from her death came for her daughters. <laughs> you know, you know how hard that is to think about that the death came for her daughters, and um, and we and we uh, we whooped his ass once, but um, the second time he he got us before we had a chance to defend her, and um, it's really hard to not feel weak and vulnerable and. Yeah. I'm angry and it's like who who are we angry at? Yeah, me, the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like this on you don't know where it's directed. But it's just like it's just there, you know? Like who and maybe it would feel better if you had somebody to be angry at and if you were somebody who was specifically like, Well, I hate God and I hate Paul. You know, but it doesn't feel like that. It's, I guess it would be the world. It just feels like it's everything involved. I um I read a book for grieving for a book that's specifically designed for grieving grieving fathers, and one of the things in there that somebody had said to the author was that he said, "I want to be I want to be angry at God, but if I truly believe what I say, I believe." The only way to see my daughter again is to is through God. So I can't very well be angry at him. But I don't exactly have to be on speaking terms. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, they tell you they tell you that if you want to go to heaven, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And um, from what I remember, at Bible school, they tell you you just got to do that once. It's not like a free ticket, like you can't just go out and be a murderer the rest of your life. But if, if you say that once and you mean it when you say it, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to be a good person, you're in. So I don't have to be on speaking terms. Um, because when I asked, I meant it. I asked at about nine years old and I meant it. And then at about 16, um, I asked again and I meant it when I said it the second time. And... Um, 
I don't have to be on speaking terms. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be. At some point, maybe, but I said last week, it ain't going to be today and it ain't going to be tomorrow. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm angry. I'm angry at, I'm angry at traffic. I'm angry at the weather. I'm angry at every, I'm going to not be political, but every dipshit I see, um, no. I'm doing my best to not be angry because I'm not an angry person generally. I'm usually enjoyable, I would go with, <laughs> or usually enjoyable. Um, yeah. I'm not an angry person. And when you are, you, you know, you don't really, you have good, good control. Well, I, I try to not be around people when I'm angry, basically. I avoid people. Um, I try to not say shitty things. I, when I'm in a mood and angry at something, I usually just sit in my chair and watch Netflix. I don't, I don't be a dick. I, I try not to be. I just be quiet. And, um, it's been, it's been a struggle. Um, and unfortunately, Nick and, and Four have bore some brunt of it because they're the two that are here. Um, and I'm doing my best to not put it on them, but, but it's hard when, when you're only around a couple people, um, to not just let it spill over, no matter how much you're trying to be careful about it. Uh, anyways, um, Yeah, we um, like I said, we're you you fight your rational brain and your irrational brain, if that makes sense. And we we it doesn't get better. You just get better at carrying it. And the only thing that gets you better at carrying it is time and talking about it. And time pisses you off more than you realize it does. And talking about it seems to balance out being pissed off about it. Um, it's hard to talk about, but it, it's also, it also feels good to talk about it because it's real and it matters. Um, but, but you get better at carrying it and, and we have, I mean, it's, it's been three months and we've, we were, you know, only like said we were laughing about tripping over the dog last week. And now that freaking puppy we have has one of the shortest digestive tracts you've ever had and he's like the fart machine and we're rolling we're going we're we are driving down the road today laughing just like almost tears coming down laughing because this guy gassed us out for 20 miles coming down the road how is how did he turn out from what oh he's okay um yeah, I, God, I feel like an asshole. I, I opened, he, he came running up to the window and I opened the door and he just come bailing out. Um, but we did x-rays and, and no damage to the shoulder. Um, he, he, we had to keep him, we had to keep him in his kennel for three days and tie a puppy down, which sucked for him, but, but he's been, 
he's been ripping and roaring for a week. Again, that was that was last week. I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but he's been he he's full blown puppy again since like Saturday or Sunday. He's good. So no 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 apparent long term damage. I mean, might have made him dumber, but <laughs> but he's too he's too smart for his own good. So but he's um yeah, we haven't really told anybody that we have a puppy, so if anybody listening, we have a we have a puppy. Um yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that. So uh, um, I haven't told anybody we got a puppy because people say hurtful shit without meaning to say hurtful shit. And um, I didn't want anybody to think we got a puppy because we didn't have a baby. Um, but we, we got a puppy because we needed something sweet and innocent to be in our lives instead of cold and ugly. And... Um, He's been great. Um, he's a he's a sorry su- he's not a substitute. I shouldn't say that. He's not a sorry substitute. He's um he's been a he's been a wonderful dog, and, and it's been it's been fantastic to have him around the last six weeks. Um, it's it's allowed us to to laugh and smile, and it's it's gave us a job um, to to potty train him and to learn his ticks and find out what toys he likes and um he has the stank in his ass though <laughs> this thing he little french bulldog he has the most rotten full-grown old man ass that you've ever smelled it's awful um but oh murray and him duke it out um, it's funny as hell. I got videos of it. Um, but Murray's starting to, he, he can't, um, Marcel can't get up and down on the couch. He can't make the jump. He'll jump off the couch. Like he'll go full super dog and jump off the couch and chase Murray, but he can't get on the couch. So Murray will get up on the couch just on the edge of the cushion and flick his tail at him and get him all riled up. And, and, and they both have all, they both got raw ears cause they've been biting each other's ears. Um, and duking it out, but he in the past, like the last week, Marcel's bigger than Murray now, and all of a sudden he he had him pinned down under the table and howling yesterday, and I thought Murray was just being a baby, and I go out there and Marcel's on top of him sitting on his head and has him pinned down. It was pretty funny. Um, Dauber does not like him, but in Dauber's defense, he doesn't like anybody, so. He's just a grumpy old man that's half blind, half deaf, and all dumb. Um, but he, he, uh, we almost lost him this weekend, to be honest, or um, Tuesday. He, um, he um, got really sick. He, let's see, when was that? So he was kind of acting a little weird on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, I went to get my tattoo worked on. And four called and said, hey, I got to go to work. And Dauber shit everywhere. Like, what do you mean he shit everywhere? He sends us a picture. Um, yeah, we threw those rugs away. Uh, we had two area rugs, one in the living room and one in the dining room. They're both in the landfill. Um, he exploded on them. 
Nick, Nick left. She was at the tattoo shop with me and she left and came home and spent three hours screaming and crying and throwing the couch and hollering out the window and the neighbors probably think she's crazy. Um, but she said it was the most cathartic thing she's done in three months. Um, she had a little rage room in our living room, but, um, and then, then he seemed fine again though. He was fine most of Sunday. He was fine most of Monday. And then Tuesday he didn't act very good again. And, um, Tuesday night at like one in the morning, he, I heard him pacing and I got up to let him out and I, I, it didn't have the light on because, like I said, it's dark as hell in there. And I turned to Nick and I said, well, when I opened the hallway, the hallway, I turned the hallway light on so he can see you go down the stairs. You went downstairs, let's turn the light on. Um, I said, oh, man, I said, we didn't make it. He peed on the floor. And um, so I heard Nick start to get up to try to get it cleaned up as I was taking him out. And I I had, I had, let him outside and I turned around and Nick was standing at the bottom of the stairs just staring at me like a ghost. And she's like, it's not pee, it's blood. He had, I'm telling you, like in my, my bedroom between the cedar chest and my dresser looks like a murder scene. Um, so much blood that was coming out of his ass. So we took him into, we took him into the ER at 1.30 in the morning and it wasn't sure he was going to make it. We, we couldn't go in with him. They're, they're on COVID protocol out here. Wouldn't let us in. And, um, they told us just go home and we'll we're gonna we're gonna sedate him and, and give him some fluids and run some blood tests and I, and I told him I said look I'm not I don't want to sound cruel but he probably has a year left just based on his age um, I don't want to I'm I'm not spending ten thousand dollars on MRIs and CTs and X-rays and all that stuff I'm just not but but I'm okay with you know spending a decent amount to try to at least make sure. And, um, you know, they gave us an estimate and I said, yeah, go ahead. You can, you can do that much. And they said, well, just, just might as well, guys might as well go home. We'll call you. They call us at seven and they figure they're not sure what had happened, but he's been, ever since we got Marcel, um, Dauber's been chewing them bully sticks and he never used to chew any treats. Like when just, he just, just look at them like they were, he didn't know what they were. But Marcel chews them like crazy. So all of a sudden, Dauber decided he wanted bully sticks. Um, and they they figure he, they figure he either perfed his colon and it, and it sealed back over or or he just irritated the hell out of it. But he was, um, yeah, I thought we were putting him down. But they called about 7 in the morning and said that um, outside of the fact that he had a colon full of blood, that they thought would pass that his blood test looked like a freaking puppy. <laughs> like he's just super healthy. Yeah. Hold, hold on just a second. All right. Hold on. Um, so yeah. So they, they said his labs look like he was a freaking puppy, like a dog half his age. So they wanted to give him some more fluids and give him some meds and, and give him, you know, give him a shot. And um, we went and picked him up by 11 o'clock um, Tuesday morning and put him on a bland diet. So he just been on rice and chicken and stuff and some pumpkin, like just a 
but no dog food, no bully sticks, no none of that. And he's back taking giant donkey dumps in the yard and peeing like normal. So old, old sucker just ticking along. Yeah, he's a he's a dog too tough to die. <laughs> so, but um, he lost quite. He he they definitely lost some weight. He he's normally about one ten, and he was ninety five pounds at the vet. Um, but they weren't concerned about that. They just said they just needed to give him a give him a bland diet and give his basically give his intestinal tract and colon and stuff time to recover and. So the old man's back sleeping in the middle of the room. I thumped him in the ribs last night again. Dink. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the the dogs and the cats and, well, not cats, cat, singular. Um, One cat is enough. Um, (laughs) They're on... they're trucking along, and you know, I, I paused it there. Uh, Forrest works with one of his, got one of his buddies hired, and his, his buddy stayed late and helped him do dishes a couple of times. And he just called and said, man, we closed in an hour. I haven't washed dishes in four. Can you come help me? So he's going to run into work for two hours and go wash dishes because he's a glutton for punishment. Or he's just a good person. I can't decide. Maybe. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, and he won't even punch in. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, well, I about that, about that time. Unless you guys got some other burning topic, it's uh, it is all of nine eleven for me out here. But um, but my alarm does go off at five in the morning. So. Yeah. I gotta admit, so like, um, obviously you and I have been in almost constant contact, um, having, you know, our little side, ongoing side conversations forever, but it's still a little different to have gone such a long time without talking and foot through voice, um, we haven't that day, like, and um, you know, I was really, and I speak for Ryan on this too, really anxious about like what what this phone call would bring. Like, if we would be able to to the emotions at bay for the most part. Um, and I think it was so good to just be able to talk to you that it, I don't know, that the emotions aren't as overwhelming as, it's just like it's a relief to talk to you. I don't know, but like, and I guess happy to talk to you. No, no, that, that that's fair. Um, I, I was hoping that it would be a relief to talk. Um, honestly, same, same exact same boat. I was hoping it would be a relief. Um, and, and the biggest reason I've been avoiding talking to everybody was because until I could 
sort out how to handle my own pain. I didn't think I could handle hearing anybody else's. Um, Because you can read it. You can read other people's pain, let alone hear it. And um, I wasn't, I didn't know that I could talk to you guys until, because I didn't want you to have to hide yours either. Um, I wanted you guys to be able to talk freely and ask questions because we haven't talked. Um, but I had to get to a place where I felt like I could check mine, um, not hide them, just manage them. Um, I think we did all right for the most part. I, I definitely probably don't look real pretty in the mirror right now, but I probably don't look real pretty in the mirror most days. So what's the difference? Um, this conversation so much easier to have. It's still painful, but, you know, laying stuff out there and explaining stuff in your own words, in your own time, help us understand what was going on. Help us through our moments that we needed to go through. And, and definitely helped us reach the point where us having this conversation wasn't as emotional as I thought it was just be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ray, you know, Rach and I have talked or texted, and, and she'd said the same, you know, that you guys, that there was, you guys would go days with basically not talking because you couldn't, you couldn't sort out how, how to have the conversation among yourselves. And then, and then, yeah, you had texted me and just said that, that you felt like these, like I said, we call them the pink mic sessions, but that's because the mic's pink. And I know because I had a daughter, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, that hearing us lay out where we were at helped you guys feel okay with not only with where you were at, but helped you understand where we were at. And I do have permission to breathe. You know, I just feel like, okay, like they're going to make it. No, I, we, we felt people worrying, don't <laughs> we? Sure, we surely did. Um, you know, I think as friends, I think understanding and hearing you, you know, talk about this in a very blunt and honest way, you know, does ease the mind a lot on so many different levels. And it also helps the, the conversation that we're having in a I'm thinking about it now. If we didn't have that, if this was, we didn't have to hear your guys' voice explaining this in your long words uninterrupted. I mean, I don't even know how this conversation, but where do you even start? Where do you even stop? This has been, I, I hope that, you know, this is therapeutic for you as it's been, it's been for us. I'm not selfishly yet. This has been, been such a, it's eased my mind so much uh, at so many different levels and selfishly for myself, but also for 
you guys of being honest and knowing that you're going through emotions and you're letting yourself feel the emotions and riding with it and not limiting yourself and not trying to find yourself into a box or think this is how I should do it and this is how this book should this is how it should be and letting yourself be real and and understand that this isn't this isn't like the light you turn on a light switch and it's going to be you know better or over or anything. It, it's an ongoing an ongoing process that's never going to end, but it's more of learning how to cope. And I'm I'm like I've been into this one, but man, I I can't thank you enough for just you know doing this. It's helped us and given us a window into your life. And I don't know if people deserve it, but <laughs> thank you. Well, we, we, um, or I, we, we, it's we, it started as me, but like Nick said last time, like she was, it was, this was my thing. But she, she's in it. She's, um, she's on board with it. And it's, it's um it's okay to be fucked up. Like it it's it'd be more scary if you weren't fucked up. Like how come? Like what's wrong with you that you're just okay? And it's I wanted when I started trying to do this, like obviously I said I'm doing it for Lee and I'm doing it for me and I but I I want other people to know and, and I want people that we care about, like you guys, to know that we're that we're not okay, but but we want to be, you know, like we, we want, better is not the right word, but we, we want to be alive and part of the world. And, 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 and by world, I mean people, like the people in our world. We want to be around you guys and, and JJ and KK. Like we want to be around them. We want to be around mother-in-law and father-in-law. We want to be around my brothers and, and that, and that, and that people matter and, 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 and it all just takes time. And, and, um, and I said, like, like, I don't have delusions of grandeur. It's not like I think I'm going to be, dude, I'm not going to be Christian Slater and pump up the volume and changing the world. But, but even if one, one of the dads in this group, like if one of the dads in this group listens to this and is like, damn, I really want to talk to my friend and, and just know that it's, it's okay that you're not talking to him. And, and I think for me, like I had to get to a point where I felt like it was okay to talk to you. Like it was, Oh, I had to be, I said this earlier, like I had to be okay, but I had to be okay with talking about the dog. I had to be okay with just with not talking about Leah every second of it. I mean, and I, and it's hard because I want to talk, I want to scream her name from the mountaintops. Um, but you got, you, yeah, it's. And we want to ask, you know, as the time comes, you know, when the time comes for it, it's probably more, you know, obviously private, like we want, we want to ask those things, you know, like, what was she like? What were her little hands like? What was your favorite thing about, like, having her with you, you know, like all those kinds of things. <laughs> those things, those, those things are, you know, that, 
too. Yeah. I don't think we can, you know, we can never really get probably the yeah. selfish thing. I think we can never really get the, the gist of it over the phone. She was, yeah, but to answer your question, she was perfect in all of it. <laughs> all of it. It was all my favorite part. Even the, even the bad and the scary. Cause it was, because we were there. It was the only chance we got to be her parents were those seven days. So good, bad, or otherwise, those are moments that you can't, you can't get them back. So you, you, so all of it. Um, God, dude, I, I can't even, like, you guys have seen pictures, and, and, and unfortunately, that's all you're ever going to see is pictures until, until we all get to someplace other than here. That's all we're going to see is pictures. But she was, I said, well, che- cherub, perfect. I mean, oh my God, just. <laughs> yeah, and I said Nick. Nick called her star, and that's and that's what she was. She was our star. She is our star. Um, I saw another big old rainbow today. Um, and and like Nick said, driving down the road on the way home today, she's like, "Look, I know that it, I know that we're getting to see a rainbow because it's because Tucson's stupid and it's raining on the north side. And the sun's out on the south side. Like I know that, but." But that's Leah's rainbow, and I'm taking it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we saw those shooting stars when we were driving to Florida, trying to get her home with Grandpa, and like just she's she's telling us that it's that she's okay, and that we're. It's okay, like I said, it's it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be fucked up. It's it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Scared you off finally. Well, I don't know. I, I you guys probably can't hear me anymore, but evidently we had a call problem, so I'm gonna cut it off. And um, in theory, there'll be more later. <laughs>